Welcome to the New Hope 365 podcast. We are currently offering two services each week. We have a 9 a.m. worship service that you can attend either in person or online at newhope365.church, and we have a 10.30 a.m. family service for parents and children to attend together. We would love to connect with you however you feel most comfortable, either in person or online. And now, here is today's message. Yesterday, uh, I had the privilege, Angel and I had the privilege of being with um, Scott and Tammy Atha and their life group. We had a Christmas party that was social distanced in the uh, backyard of the Ray home, and it was, it was a delight. It was a delight to uh, sit around and to, um, you know, of course, when we were eating, we could see faces and so forth. We masked up when we needed to, and we were doing appropriate, taking appropriate measures. There is something about the body, there's something about the church and the, and the, and the people that bring life to us, and it's God-given, and it's intentional, and it's, it's right. There's, there's, there's something to being a follower of Jesus. There's something to what we sing about when we sing about, like, joy to the world. The Lord has come. This is, this is stuff that we, the church, can't forget what Jesus has done for us. And some of you are going and, and, and wonder, yeah, 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 we get it, we get it, what Jesus has done. But if what Jesus has done is so powerful and so transformative and so life-giving and so freeing, then I think it beckons every fiber of our being in every day of our life of commitment to him. I believe that with all my heart. And so I've been talking about this kingdom of God that you're not forced into, you're not manipulated into, you're not told that you, got, you just got to do this, got to do this, got to do this, got to do this, or God is going to nuke you. He lovingly, what, did what? Sent a son, and we celebrate that this Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us, that came to the earth, made himself vulnerable, human speaking and was born into the world and we celebrate that birth and you know that and sometimes I think we overlook Jesus and you go what do you mean we overlook Jesus because it's become somewhat normalized in our culture it's become somewhat normalized it's kind of like, I was thinking the other day, it's kind of like if I had a tree in my neighborhood and it was a tree that you could go to and it's fruit, if you ate of its fruit, it was, it was delicious, it was incredible, and it was life-giving and so forth. And, 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 and every day, everybody walked by it, walked by and they're like, oh, this is incredible fruit, this is incredible fruit, and you ate of the fruit, you eat, and you eat the fruit, and you take the fruit, and then, and then a year goes by, and two years goes by, and you know you stop eating the fruit, and you stop delighting in the tree, and you stop enjoying its resource, and then somebody shows up that hasn't had the fruit, and hasn't seen the tree, and all of a sudden, they're like, have you guys seen this tree? And you're like, yeah, it's the tree, it's fruit. It was really good. And, and they're like, but, but don't you understand? It's this incredible tree. And what's happened is every day we've been walking by the tree, enjoy, and, 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 and we take for granted 
what the tree produces. And in our communities and in our culture and in our world, I wonder if the church hasn't so often, we saw Jesus, we had an encounter with Jesus, we had a moment with Jesus, and then we go, yeah, it's Jesus. It's what we expect. It's what we expect. Yeah. And then somebody like your neighbor (laughs) shows up and he meets Jesus in the form of Rick Morris. Meets Jesus in the form of Rick Morris. And He's like, this is incredible, or this is refreshing, or this is life-giving. And, and, and he can't quite wrap his mind around what it is. And it's the tree often that we've been ignoring in the fruit. And Jesus is going, that's me, and that's what I did for you, and that's what I'll do for him. And that's what I'll work in your life, and that's how I'll work in your communities. If you will allow, if you will, if you will instead stop walking by the tree and just taking it for granted, just take some time to relish in the fact that that tree was given to you by God to transform your life and to never take it for granted. And so, this last week, I was talking to somebody, and they were asking about Christmas Eve services. I said, we're not doing Christmas Eve services. What? You're a church and you're not doing Christmas Eve services? I said, well, sir, can I ask you something? Can I ask you something? When do you go to church? I don't. But traditionally, our family goes to church on Christmas Eve. And I said, oh, good for you. I said, so it's a nostalgic thing. And he says, well, I guess, kind of. And I said, well, do you, are you a Christian? Yeah. But I said, you don't go to church. Uh, I don't know that I see a need for it. But you'll come on Christmas Eve. And I said, okay, there are plenty of churches that may have Christmas Eve services online or in person this year. And you're Gladly, I can, in fact, I know a lot of different pastors around the United States. You could tune in and, and enjoy that. And inside them, I'm going, oh man, we the church, we the church have been called to way, 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 way more, way more than going, uh, I go for the nostalgic, warm, fuzzy feeling on Christmas Eve about a baby in a manger. I don't you think gee, what Jesus did and what he has accomplished is worth way more of our commitment to the kingdom of God than what we call priesters, Christmas and Easter only. Priesters. And I don't say that judgmentally because we're all on this journey of faith and we're all growing and, and learning. But when I talk today about the kingdom of community... This is something that if you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, you cannot ignore it, you cannot neglect it, and if you do ignore it and you do neglect it, you won't fulfill what you use the word, you will not live in the destiny that God has called you for, because it won't be completely what it was, what was needed in your life without the greater community. This is big. The greater community. People come, this, the wrestle with attend church attendance, of course, and, and now, understand, when I share things with you, and if you're like, but we're in COVID, I get it, but I'm also talking future tense in some cases, so bear with me. I get, 
that attendance is down and gatherings are down. It's, it's COVID season. We're in a pandemic. But, but the reality is, is that if you come, you can come for a bit of time and sit. But the kingdom of God is calling you to a greater community of relationship that way extends beyond sitting. Way beyond sitting. And if all I did was come and sit week in and week out, it better be really good. And you're going, "Mm." okay. Or it better have a faith community that when I come and I participate, I know that it's broader than sitting. And what I, my intent is, is we go into the new year, and you're going to hear more about this, is not teaching you anymore about swimming. I desire to teach us how to swim by getting in the water and actually doing it. And for too long, we the church have often said, this is what you do, and this is what you do, and I am chief among those that what you do, this is what you do, what you do. And as I tell you what to do, it's like, go. And everybody goes, yes. And then we stand at the foot of the pool, and we look and we go, wow, he made it sound easier. (laughs) He made it sound easier. It looked a lot easier. And there we look and we go, but we don't know how to swim. And what I believe the Lord is calling us to in this community and beyond this community is getting to the water. And we, in fact, if we're here today, if you're tuning in online, you're part of this family, is we're going to have to jump in the pool, learn how to swim if we don't know how, in order to teach each other how to swim and how to live as followers of Jesus. So last week, I talked about, uh, you know, this discipleship and community, and I talked about how we can, how the impact of making disciples one on one, and, and then the multiplication effect of making disciples, how big a deal that is. And some of you tried to follow my math, and it didn't quite, didn't quite match up. But I will say this is I went back and I did my math. In 15 years, if let's say we took 40 of us online here, whatever, and we looked to disciple, and all of a sudden, as we're looking to disciple, we then do it and we teach disciples, whether that's young or old, and they duplicate and it reciprocates, and you do that every year, starting with 40 of us, and you do it for 15 years, it came to like 1.3 million. It would have been discipled. I know it's probably some level of flawedness because it's not going to be perfect, and there's going to be those that go for a little bit longer time and meeting with people and connecting with people year in and year out. But I'm believing God is going to progress this. Progress this. And this is going to be some supernatural stuff that I can't manufacture. And the Lord is calling us to. And there are those in in the community of faith around the globe that are believing for a great awakening the likes our generation has never seen or even some of the generations before us. To the tune of a billion people. They're believing and praying God for that. Well, that won't come by people standing on the edge of the pool and going don't know what to do. We've got to engage. Some are saying 
that we're in this time, and it's very disturbing that we're in this time of pandemic and riots and political unrest, and it's pretty hard. And we go, oh, man, this year has been a rough year. So I decided today, as we talk community, and as we talk about where we at as the, as the church and the body of Christ, I decided that I wanted to give you a little perspective. So here we go. It's been a mess out there, and hard to discern between what's real, real threat, and what is just simple panic and hysteria. For a small amount of perspective at this moment, imagine that you were born in the 1900s. On your 14th birthday, World War I starts and ends on your 18th birthday. 22 million people perish in that war. Later in the year, a Spanish flu epidemic hits the planet and runs until your 20th birthday. 50 million people die from it in those two years. 50 million people. On your 29th birthday, the Great Depression begins. Unemployment hits 25% and the world GDP drops 27%. And runs until you're 33 years old. The country nearly collapses along with the world economy. When you turn 39, World War II starts. You aren't even over the hill yet. And don't try to catch your breath. On your 41st birthday, the United States is pulled into World War II. And between your 39th and 45th birthday, 75 million people perish in the war. Smallpox was epidemic until you were in your 40s, as it killed 300 million people during your lifetime. At 50, the Korean War starts, and 5 million perish. From your birth until you were 55, you dealt with the fear of polio epidemics each summer. You experienced friends and family contracting polio and being paralyzed and or dying. Any millennials, Gen Z listening, this was a group of people, boy, 1900s. At 55, the Vietnam War begins and doesn't end for 20 years. Four million people perish in that conflict. During the Cold War, you lived each day with the fear of nuclear annihilation. I remember that. I would go out to dinner with mom and dad, and I would hear planes overhead, and I'm thinking, here it comes. It's going to be over. Why? They talked about it a lot. It was something that, to them, must have been at some level fearful, and I wish they would have just said, it's going to be all right. Jesus has got things covered. But instead, as a little boy, I'm like, whoo, it's going down. So each day during the Cold War, with a fear of nuclear annihilation, and on your 62nd birthday, you have the Cuban Missile Crisis, a tipping point in the Cold War. Life on the planet as we know it almost ended. When you turn 75, the Vietnam War finally ends. And says goes on to say, think of everyone on the planet born in 1900. How did they endure all of that? <laughs> when you were a kid in 1985 and didn't think your 85-year-old grandparent understood how hard school was. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is, this is a little bit of perspective, right? 
This is stuff that we need to hear because what I'm hearing from people, and I'll stop there, what we're hearing from people is that, oh, it's hard. And I'm not negating the fact that it's hard. And you're like, oh, man, I listen to the news. And you're like, oh, this sucks. And it does. But we have seen times, and others have seen times, that are even way harder than we've seen. And, and we, the church, have a responsibility to be ambassadors of the hope that Jesus Christ has established in you. For the purpose of what? Telling people about Emmanuel, God with us. Showing people the hope, revealing to them, jumping in the pool and saying, this is how we, the church, do it. This is how we live it every day of our life. And when we begin to see and when we begin to understand and when we give ourselves some perspective, I think it clears the windshield and helps us to live in community with each other and community with those even that are outside of the faith, maybe. I'm, I'm challenging us in the kingdom of community and I'm going to read Acts chapter 2 again this week. And, and I'm challenging us to something that is greater than just what I would say is discipleship. I'm challenging us to something that's a little bit greater than discipleship. So I'm going to ask you a question. When I say the word discipleship online, you can type this in, or you can, yeah, you can type it in and ask the question to our host. What do you think of when, I, when you hear the word discipleship, or, or let's go even one step further, discipleship and or community? What do you think of? Relationship, okay. What else? Faith building. What else? Faith building and and Bible study. Time commitment. It's good. Application of truth. Application of truth. Anybody else? Anything? Well, well, let me, let me just, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Training, actually getting in the pool and actually swimming together and showing each other how to, how to, how to do it. So Sam and I were talking last night just briefly in the kitchen. And my son, Sam, for you that don't know online, um, uh, he's working with our student ministries and, and serving here as part of the New Hope 365 family. And we were talking about discipleship and, and, and in his thinking and in many of our thinking, we, we automatically equate, let's say, the community of believers and discipleship in the community of believers as a program in which you go, here's A and B and C and D. And I want you to know today when I'm talking about community and life on life and relationships, I'm kind of just continuing to lay the foundation for community in the kingdom of God as we move forward. It, it can't be a program in which it's just A and B and C and D, or here's the thing. It will just become this machine that kicks out people that doesn't have the true relationship. And so when I'm talking about discipleship in community, in relationship, I'm talking about where we do life beyond, beyond Sunday mornings, and I'm even talking about 
beyond the community, like, for instance, going to the Rays and sitting in the backyard and and enjoying a meal together, and that's important, and that's life-giving. But I'm talking about where you get to know and be known truthfully. Where you get to know and be known. Where Sam goes, well then, it's going to be like, so we're, I'm like sitting on the counter last night and Sam's, you know, I think he was sitting on the counter too and, and we're having this conversation. And he goes, well then this is kind of like what discipleship would be like. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what it would be like. Come in. You have refrigerator rights. You can open my fridge up and we can have life in relationship Because if we don't have that, my question is, is can we truly teach people how to swim? I don't know. I don't know if I can just get with you periodically and have a quick hit and go, well, here's here's how what the scripture says, here's what it looks like, and now go do it. This is not what I'm talking about when it comes to community or discipleship. I'm talking about getting to know and be known and rubbing shoulders and getting the dirt on yourself. And, and to some of us we go, I just don't have the time. And I really struggle with this concept of a savior that laid down his life, who spent time discipling and investing in lives, and he went to a cross to redeem humanity and we would ever go, now I'm not judging anybody in this room or online, we would ever go, gosh, I just don't have the time to live in relationship with people to help them learn how to swim. And as we go into 2020, some of the vision that I'm wanting to cast is a transformative way of living our lives. A transformative way of organizing repositioning our life, doing some strategic things that truly are kingdom-oriented, more than just going, what do we do? As Christians, we sit, we listen, we seek to apply personally, and then we meet in a group throughout the week. And I get that, and that's good. But if it doesn't transcend into, into something that the community at large, meaning the larger community beyond these walls, sees then I think we become this insular community that becomes ineffective. Ineffective. And here's the thing. You are never just given a ticket to heaven. Here you go, get on the bus, good luck. You were called out. In fact, discipleship was called out. And so, okay. Perspective do this and I'll read the scripture again and I'll come back next week and share with you some more concepts that the Lord is speaking into my life. Okay. I shared this, I kind of, you guys didn't know this, but I, I cast something yesterday to the life group. And this is what I said. Is that, well, let me back up. You believe in the Bible, right? Online, you believe in the Bible. In fact, probably the fact that you're tuned in, you're either seeking or you go, yes, I believe. In fact, if you're up at this hour watching me online, you probably believe something. 
And we read the Bible and we go, and we go, yes, I believe in Jesus and I believe the stories. And you may even memorize the books of the Bible. You know, uh, and let's go Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. You know, I can go on and on and talk, tell you about this. Here's, here's the thing. And you love the stories, right? Some of them maybe. You like some of the stories and you read the stories and, and you realize how small of a place those stories, by and large, when Jesus came, how small of a place that those stories were written in. They were written in small places and, and literally you're looking at it going, wow, that is incredible. Corinthians and Romans, Ephesians, and of course they're taken in their missionary journeys and all that, and they're written and they're put out. And we go, yes, that's what we want. We want to see the transformative stuff take place. Just like in Corinthians and Ephesians and Galatians. But why aren't we? Now I'm not going to make it rhetorical. I'm just going to ask you, why aren't we? And maybe we are. So, anybody, online, why aren't we seeing the Corinthian, the Ephesians, the Romans, the Matthews, the Johns, and the Jesus stuff to maybe what we would think ought to be New Testament here today? Why wouldn't we see that? Anybody? There's no canned answer, I'm just asking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what's being communicated is is that oftentimes we're distracted online, we're often distracted and and therefore our 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 time and I'm going to paraphrase what you just said, can't paraphrase that we're we're distracted and therefore um we may not respond or act in in the way that we should respond or the way that we should react because we're distracted and we're taken away from what is essential what is what is uh we should be doing. Anybody else before I frame this in? Yeah. Yeah, if, if it was, if we would just live in a way that says, um, we're called to obedience and God is the one who brings the growth. We're called to obedience. So, so we have this, we have these books being written. What would, and I'm gonna, because we have people here, uh, and maybe online from different places, but we have people here from Cedar Park and Pflugerville and Georgetown and Round Rock and Austin and, and so forth. So, just going to say that today what would what would the writer Paul write in the book of Austin I'm asking again what would what would he write in the book of Austin because this book is being written in heaven this book is being written about us it's being written to us right now, and it will be told about us.
And what would it say? And now I'm not, I'm not here to go, they're, they're, I'm not here looking for just a negative statement or anybody online, what would the book of law, I am saying, what, would, what do you think it might say? I know I'm causing interaction at a time when you may be very tired. What would it say? Anybody? If Paul were writing today, what would he say in the book of Austin? Okay, so, and I was writing to, the, I was writing to the church in the greater Austin area, and in first Austin, I want you to know, repent and turn and come to me. Okay? What else? To the church of first Austin, I write to you, you don't have to be afraid. For you have been set apart, called out to fulfill the purpose for which God has you here. What else? Yeah, yeah. So, so to the church in, in the church of Austin in First Austin. Here's the thing: if you get a second book written about you, it better be a good one. It better not be that there's another book being written about you because it's, it's been a bad day and, and, and things have been going wrong. I, I don't want a second book unless it's going to be a real good book written about us. And so I'm wondering what we are maybe waiting for. It is time for us in the, in, as it relates to community, kingdom community, and I'll continue to break this down in the weeks to come. To determine what it is we want to see in the book of Austin. In the 21st century. That when people are children or are children's children and so forth. What they will read and are you saying Jason are we canonizing this? No, no, no. I'm not talking about this is, this is scripture and we're going to be like oh we're going to add it. You know, here comes Revelation and then you know Austin. That's what I'm talking about. I am talking about the fact that we have read these stories of the lame walking, the blind seeing, the deaf hearing. We have heard stories of churches that were, that were persecuted. For sure, we know of the persecuted church. We know of churches that were loving and showing kindness and giving and generous. And we watch the supernatural miraculous of God. And you read the stories of the New Testament. It is meant to increase your faith. And so as it increases our faith, it's not meant for us to go, wow, look at what it happened in Ephesus. It was meant, and it's always been meant, to go, now you get in the pool. And you begin to swim. And you let your book be written. But if you're waiting, if you're just waiting, I don't, if the people in the New Testament, if they had Acts chapter 2, which I'm going to read to you, and then we're going to pray, if they just go, said, we're just going to wait here for how long? Forever be a problem and so I'm curious what would be written about us and one of the things that I think would be hey and there was this man named Rick and Rick saw to it that none of his neighbors would starve and I don't think in your neighborhood they will you know what I'm saying I don't think so but I know this that you are light. In the, in, 
In this, there was this man named Rick, and Rick saw to it that those in his, in his neighborhood and those in his surrounding areas, that they literally were cared for at some level. And he reached out, and therefore Rick was known. Is that the goal? The goal is not to make a name or fame for Rick. The goal is to make Jesus known for people to experience Jesus. What? Delivered, set free, and Christ Jesus. And literally, that none would perish from this earth, but literally would come to faith in Jesus. And so, Acts chapter 2, in the book of Acts, they devoted themselves, and we're going to put this up on the, on the screen, they devoted themselves to the apostles, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. There's key points in here, I'll continue to break this down in the weeks to come as it relates to community and discipleship. And everyone was filled with awe, and I'll explain some of these key things, so tune in next week online. And many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. Next. All the believers were together, had everything in common, and selling all their possessions. No. Selling their possessions, meaning God has given us a certain margin in space to be able to help. And goods, and they gave to anyone as he had need. Next. Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being Is there anybody you know that needs that? And if you don't know, why not? Why not? And I think we as a church are called to community, but never meant to be called to community to be insular, but called to get in the pool and begin to show us how to swim and watch. And so some of you, this is, this is not the point of today to make you feel guilty. The point is to challenge us as I, as I continue to frame it in the weeks to come, what it means to follow Jesus and jump in the pool and literally watch as our community will what broaden as we live out this thing we call discipleship and community in the kingdom of God. Bow your heads and close your eyes today. I know I gotta stop. Keep this verse up here just, just for a second. Lord Jesus... We pray today in your kingdom that you would awaken us to, you would awaken us to New Testament living. That Lord Jesus, that that the book written about us would not be like in the church in Revelation, which was stated earlier, that it's not, won't be laid to see it. They were neither cold or hot. But that our book would be one of neighborhood connections and business connections and generosity and kindness and and jumping in the pool, God, and swimming and showing people how to swim and living life that says that we are something beyond just merely going through the motions of life and hoping to make it and succeed and get a ticket on the bus. 
Help us, God, to be that, that, help us to be a book of Austin that is being written because of the faith of the people in Austin. Help us to be a people, oh God, that don't just read the pages of the New Testament and go, God, that's, yeah, we aspire to that. Help us to be a people that don't just aspire, but God, we actually do it. And so today we ask for a special plug-in to your Holy Spirit. A fresh, a fresh plug-in to the power source, which is you, Holy Spirit, for we can't do this. And the book really can't be written well about us without that supernatural intervention of your power. And Lord Jesus, we ask today for you to transform our hearts and lives. Give us a passion for this. And right now, prick our hearts, stir us in our souls. And then, Lord, as we move into the weeks and into the new year, help us, Lord Jesus, help us to move beyond telling about swimming to actually helping people learn to swim in the waters. Help us, Lord Jesus, and to you be the glory. Those online, God, today, strengthen them as well. May we move beyond just knowing but the doing and living community that will stretch way beyond our community to see that those numbers that are dying and entering eternity apart from you, Jesus, will be saved in our book called the Book of Austin. Thank you, Jesus. To you be the glory now and forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd like to invite you to visit our website, newhope365.church, where you can access past sermons, devotional series, videos and activity pages for families, get connected with one of our life groups, and keep up with everything happening here at New Hope 365.